Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, you know, everybody knows, we know, the whole world knows what kind of a uh, Astros uh, team they are, you know. They they run well, they hit well, they, they they pitch well. You know, they're they're a complete team, um, and I and I like to say that we are too. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle between us too. The challenge is we're facing a great team. You know, uh, as far as the quick turnaround, we'll be fine. I mean, that's that's baseball. We do that all the time. You know, we'll walk in there with some confidence. Um, we we know we know they're a great team and rested and ready, and we look forward to the challenge not here it's everywhere so it's, it's gonna be the same you know if we go to I mean Boston every year is the same we go to you know the only place that they really like us a little bit is Tampa because they don't have a lot of fans there but <laughs> I mean it's like that everywhere we go so we, I think we're used to it and we embrace that uh, is if they don't like us because you know they think you know we're good we can win Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Yankees Magazine Podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor for Yankees Magazine. I'm coming to you from a hotel room in downtown Houston. Joining me over the old Zoom machine, we have our friend Nathan Makaborski, the executive editor of Yankees Magazine, from his wood-paneled house, it looks like. Very, very nice looking, Nate. You're getting a nice shot of my uh, dining room ceiling there, John? It's very trying. There's a nice little light fixture you have working in there too. Everything's everything's really working. I don't see your head at all, but everything else is working. You don't need to see my head. You, you get enough of that at Yankee Stadium. True, true. So Nate, obviously we are recording this Thursday morning. It is currently Astros one, Yankees zero in the American League Championship Series. That's a bummer. I think that if you asked some people, maybe on Saturday night, if they would like to be down one game to zero in the American League Championship Series after what had happened at Progressive Field, they probably would have taken that. So it's a long series. You know, the Yankees won game one against Cleveland and sure had to slog their way through the next four. And here we are, you know, now it's a slightly longer series. I don't know. I'm finding it a little hard to uh, do with the same thing we get every year, no matter what happens. Whoever wins the first game of a postseason series is never going to lose again another game. Whoever loses the first game of a postseason series is never going to win another game. And I think we both just know that there's a reason they play series. 
Yeah, no doubt. And uh, especially when these two teams lock horns, you know, the Yankees and Astros uh, fully expecting a, a lengthy battle and um, round one went to the Astros. But, um, you know, there was definitely some positives to take away from the game, I thought. Um, you know, we had our number four starter going up against Justin Verlander and uh, Jameson. Literal Sion. Well. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and, and we were right there in the game. Uh, we, we had some opportunities. Uh, you know, I was really pulling for Matt Carpenter there uh, late in the game when he came up as the potential, uh, you know, tying or go ahead run, I guess. So, you know, it was uh, you never like to lose postseason games, but. Like you said, I mean, it's going to be uh, it's only one game and I fully expect it to go uh, go pretty long. So, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. We will. I mean, I think the the, the key in any postseason series always. And I, I think this is another thing that I say every time you just want to get back for whether it's game five or game six or seven, because the reality is the Astros had a better record than the Yankees this year. But I think we know like th- there's a lot of. There's a lot about these teams that's pretty evenly matched. Maybe not necessarily the pitching matchup last night, but you, you know, I don't think Jameson was great last night. Obviously, I think that he was getting hit very, very hard, and you know, a lot of those hits were right at people. Or in the case of the first inning, Aaron Judge made a Superman uh, run and dive after a ball to catch it. Be, uh, that could have changed the game a lot. And that's just going to happen. I, I think that Jameson deserves a ton of credit for te- keeping it close as he did, you know. And if you want to look at that four-two Yankees loss as a game that, I, and again, I'm, maybe I shouldn't be saying this. I don't know. A game where I thought, in a lot of ways, the Yankees were pretty thoroughly outplayed. I think it also shows you how impressive this team actually is. Because I, I I'm just saying, there's a lot of years that I've been around this team that that's not a 4-2 loss. That's like a 10-2 loss. And maybe that's not what Yankees fans want to hear right now, but I actually think it's a real positive. I think the fact is, you know, we talked a lot this season about the Yankees' defense. The Yankees' defense was really sharp last night. Even Giancarlo Stanton in left field struggled a bit on that first ball, which was uncatchable. I mean, you know, it didn't look great, but it was uncatchable no matter what happened. But otherwise, I mean, he was fine out there. He was fine to very good. That running catch he made was incredibly good. The infield defense I thought was excellent. It, there was just there, there was a, really a lot to say about a game that in the eighth inning, like you said, they had the winning run at the plate, the go ahead run at the plate. So I, I think you have to look at a positive there. Now, look if if the Yankees get swept here in all games that look like that, it won't matter that you know there's no moral victory for keeping it closer than it might have looked to the naked eye. But I have no reason to think the Yankees aren't going to hit because we've watched the Yankees hit all season and. Not to sound defeatist here, but the Astros have a very good pitching staff, but not every pitcher is Justin Verlander. No, that's right. And, um, you know, I don't think we're going to, I mean, I would hope we're not going to have, you know, 17 strikeouts again in, the, in this series. But, um, yeah, I, I was definitely uh, very impressed with Stanton's play in left field last night. The judge catch was amazing. And, um, you know, we'll keep stringing together tough at bats, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, hopefully. You know, it's car. It's a tough spot for Carpenter because he's just, you know, he didn't see any action for like the last two months of the season. So he's trying to ramp himself up really quickly here, and you know, uh, it's, it's not not an easy thing to face the Astros pitchers, even when you're, you know, going good. So he's got his work cut out for him. But you know, I'm confident we'll bounce back, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what our pitchers can do as well. You know, I think uh, a lot of our starters really 
you know, showed me something during the Cleveland series. So let's get Seve out there tonight and, and see what he's got. I thought there was a really interesting moment in the post game press conference where uh, the New York Post's Joel Sherman <laughs> kind of asked a question that I, I, I think all of us in the room are kind of wondering how Aaron Boone was going to react to. He basically asked him if they were willing to let this one go, essentially, that they were facing Justin Verlander. Obviously, they were on not a lot of sleep. Their bullpen was just work. And he was kind of asking, you know, if some of the bullpen decisions that Boone made, maybe sticking with Tyone a little bit, maybe something. Was he just kind of trying to, you hate to say audition some guys, whatever, but was he trying to figure some things out even in game one of the ALCS? And honestly, as Joel's asking this, I'm thinking like, man, this answer can really go anywhere. (laughs) I thought the slightly more interesting part was that Boone didn't necessarily deny that in some ways. I mean, you're hoping to carve out some roles for guys, and obviously we're in a situation with what we just went through where the guys we've leaned on heavily, you know, are going to be more in winning situations late tonight. Um, so we had, we knew it was going to be a slog kind of getting through those middle innings. You know, it was good to see, it was good to see Clark come in in some traffic and as tough a situation as you can be in in the middle of their lineup and get through it. But then, you know, the two strikes mistakes hurt them. Um, you know, Frankie hangs the breaking ball to, to Pena there. The good thing about it is he answered right back with the heart of their order and, and I thought executed well. And then to get Castro in there and have him throw the ball the way he did, you know, that's, that's, a, he was, I thought he was really sharp. So, so that's encouraging because look, you know, obviously it's going to take more than just a few. Trevino was great too. You know, I kept him shorter. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to take, more than just a few to, to get through all of this. So, um, you know, tonight we knew we had our guys shorter um, and we're going to have to get to the back end to, to, to set them up. And, and the reason I bring this up is because I was really thinking about this a lot during Carpenters at Bats because you, you, you strike out four times and that's going to be the story in a sense that, you know, you're wearing the golden sombrero or whatever and, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Justin Verlander or if it's John Schwartz that you're facing. Striking out four times looks pretty bad no matter what. But I think there's a reality that the Yankees are going to need Matt Carpenter a lot later in this series. And I think they're better off in some ways if every single time Matt Carpenter gets a bat in his hand, it's not in a crucial situation in the eighth inning. I think there was value to every one of those pitches that Matt Carpenter saw last night. And look, again, I, I'm going to keep repeating myself here. If the Yankees get swept, nothing, like it doesn't matter at all. But if the series goes seven, I think you want Carpenter in these two games where you can put Stanton in left field. I think you want him seeing as many pitches as possible because you are going to need him late in the game in a pinch hitting situation at Yankee Stadium. And the fact is, the guy hasn't played in two months. And he's the first one to tell you that's not an excuse this time of year. He doesn't want your sympathy. He doesn't want anything. But that... I, I, again, maybe I'm just, you know, grasping at straws here. I, I saw that as a positive to come out of last night that for as bad, you know, as the results were for him, those are pitches that he saw that, that, that he banks that he can time himself against that I think could pay dividends down the line. Obviously it wasn't, you know, very good today, but I, you know, tried to take the positive out of it. I guess I saw a lot of pitches. Um, you know, when my name's called the next time, hopefully I feel like I'll have to invest 
And the same goes for Frankie Montas getting in there. The same goes for Miguel Castro getting in there. Again, none of this is to say, eh, who cares? It was only game one. I, I don't think anyone's saying that. I am simply saying that I do think that there is some value in the process, even despite the results. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's been a while since we've seen, uh, you know, a fully healthy Matt Carpenter. But uh, when you think back to the first half of the season, I mean, he, that's a huge bet. If you can, can, can get him going, uh, you know, that's not just like a, you know, a, a, a side dish. That's a, <laughs> that's an entree there that you're adding to the lineup. So, um, I, I agree. I think it was good to get all these guys some, some work last night. And, um, you know, on the flip side of that too, it was like, you know, not the worst thing that a, a lot of the bullpen arms that we've been uh, relying so heavily on so far this postseason. You know, Wandy Peralta pitched in all five games of the, that Cleveland series. Uh, he was able to, you know, get a, a night's rest. Um, they didn't have to use him in game one. Um, you know, Loisega, we didn't need to use him. We didn't use need to use Clay Holmes. So should be a, a pretty well-rested bullpen going into game two. And then you got the off day. So um, there's uh, definitely... Like we said, uh, plenty of, of positives to take out of last night. It was by no means a, uh, you know, a, a, a blowout or the type of thing you wake up and go, oh, man, we're in trouble. Like, no, not at all. You know, it was 4-2 loss. We were right there at the end. And, um, you know, they hit, had their ace going in game one. They got a, a home win. You know, it's. Um, it, I think if we had won that game, people would have said we, we stole one. You know, I, I don't necessarily think of it that way, but it would have been nice, but definitely not the end of the world. Um, so, see how we uh where we rebound tonight i think everything you said is completely true I, I, and i think what we should do now look i mean again we're, we're recording this this is going to go up before game two i think most people are going to listen to this after game two and you guys are either going to be listening to this in doom and gloom of you know the sky has fallen whatever or oh my god we're back in and come back to new york take that astra like it's just again i don't want to act like last night didn't happen it happened it wasn't great but if the Yankees win tonight, who cares? If the Yankees don't win tonight, yeah, that's pretty pretty significant then. But I, I think you got to come out of Houston with one, mm-hmm. and, and that's just the way it is. I, I think that one thing that you are going to see that out of come out of last night is kind of the reset that they didn't get after Game Five. And in some ways, I do think that's what I want to discuss with you now because Nathan, you and I, you know, were out on the road this postseason. You were in Cleveland. Right now, I'm in Houston. We'll get to have a nice little reunion uh, together, I guess, in New York on Saturday evening for, for, for game three. You know, these are big boys and these guys are know how to travel. And there's no one in there saying, you know, how can you expect us to win with what we had? But, you know, you had a division series go like something like six and a half weeks, it felt like. And you, you take that right into the AL Championship Series. I do think there's something to be said for coming out of last night, like you mentioned, Loisaga, like you mentioned, Wandy Peralta. You know, a lot of these guys maybe getting the reset over last night and then certainly over tomorrow that they haven't had yet. And again, that doesn't discount the results of game one here. But yeah, Wandy having a game where he didn't have to pitch. You know, that, that's got to feel a lot different for him today than he's felt probably in the last like week and a half. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he was uh, he was a workhorse in that Cleveland series and, uh, you know, came in in some big spots, got some huge outs. You know, same with Loisaga. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, going into the uh, Cleveland series, John, you and I were talking about who's, you know, who's the closer because, you know, 
a case could have been made for a couple different guys. Obviously, you know, Clay Holmes is, is the guy still, but, um, you know, I, I had full confidence in Lysaga that if you put him in there in the ninth, he would be able to get the job done as well. Um, so these guys are going to be in some big spots against Houston. That's, that's the way it goes. You know, I don't think we're going to see too many, uh, blowouts one way or the other. So, uh, they can, you know, expect to be called upon, uh, to get some huge outs late in the game. And, um, you know, hopefully that starts tonight. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I, I don't think that anything that we say right now that I don't think we can at all discount that Cleveland series also, I, I think that that was, it was such a good postseason series in a lot of ways. The games were mostly incredible. Um, you know, games two and three, not so incredible if you were a Yankees fan. But then to come out of that with game four from Cole, to come out of that with just, you know, Nestor being Nestor in game five in, in, in what had to be one of the more entertaining performances a lot of us have seen. Nate, you were able to go to Cleveland. And, and I got to say, maybe our bosses don't want to hear this, but you said something that I agree with so much, which is... And especially we could say it now, the Yankees won the series, but there's still something special about that game three loss when you get to experience what happens in the stadium when a moment like that happens. And, and like, again, you know, maybe we cut this later when we realize we shouldn't be talking so much about the, uh, Cleveland Guardian success, although we do know that the Yankees won the series. But Nate, can you just describe that moment of being in Cleveland as that's happening? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, that's, that's what, makes sports incredible you know and you love it when it's for the team you want to see win <laughs> but even when it's the other guys uh you know to just see the you know and hear and feel the joy of a fan base erupt like that uh you know it's something special it's it's you know people care a great deal about their teams and so when you have a night like that where you know the, the Guardians bats had gone quiet for a bunch of innings. Um, it, it looked like the Yanks were going to, you know, take a pretty commanding two games to one lead. Uh, but that, you know, first home game there at, at progressive field for the Guardians, they came back with three runs in the ninth. And, uh, you know, the walk-off hit by the rookie Gonzalez, uh, it just, I mean, the place exploded. And uh, it's kind of a bizarre situation to be in a, press box with the windows closed because it's pretty quiet in there and just all around you the place is you know just going bonkers i mean you could literally feel the floor bouncing uh beneath our feet um but you know inside and you but the, the sound of the roar is a little bit detached and inside the press box you hear the you know clacking away of fingers on keyboards it was a memorable moment not necessarily the type of moment that uh, folks listening to this podcast like to see, but um, you know, definitely something that I will uh, remember for a long time, no doubt about it. And that is obviously one of the very funny, if you will, parts of our job here because this is the best part of our job. I'm, I'm sorry for anyone, like you know, this is hard work and everything like that. But we get to go to postseason games. We you know get to travel in very fun fashion when when we're doing this right now. But the reality is, obviously, most of the people who are around are either writing stories that night or filing live segments for the news that night. And we're really only producing content off of what we're seeing here if the Yankees win the World Series. So as this stuff happens, you know, you have a game like when Cole's on the mound on Game 4, which you were at, or as Game Five's happening. Yeah, this is amazing for us. We're going to... We're, we're going to remember everything about this. We're going to write all about this, you know, someday maybe... And then there are nights like 
that incredible game you saw in Cleveland or the, you know, the game I saw here in Houston last night that you just realize like, this is never really going to be a part of the Yankees historical ledger in any real way. Like there's not that much I need to document about what happened last night. It was cool. The Harrison Bader hit a home run. It was really cool. When Rizzo gave a sign of life, Aaron judge made a catch that is amazing. But the reality of the world right now is you're better off watching the clip of that on Twitter than anything I can describe for you in writing it. And so, and so, you know, how much did I end up doing after the game last night? You know, I put my microphone in a couple of scrums and things like that, but there's just not that much I'm going to use from it. But, and then that all turns around if the Yankees win the next two games. And it's like, how many like possible details can I mine from this magic show of delight of these Yankees victories? So yeah, yeah. I mean, probably the most exciting game of the Yankees postseason so far in the event the Yankees win the World Series will probably like not register at all in how, in how we talk about that postseason. And that's just the nature of Yankees magazine. And we don't make, really make apologies for that. That's just how it goes. Well, look, I mean, yeah, it's been uh, 13 years since the uh, game stories that we write after the postseason games did see the light of day with a World Series commemorative program. But, you know, even just uh, observing these guys, uh, you know, I'm always fascinated to watch uh, players who are getting their first taste of the postseason. And, you know, Harrison Bader, I know he's been uh, in the postseason a number of years in a row now, uh, but those were all with the Cardinals. So he's getting his first taste in pinstripes and you know he's obviously playing like uh you know babe ruth i think he actually might be babe ruth it's pretty yeah weird. so you know maybe these stories see the light of day maybe they don't but uh you know i'm sure uh, we'll be writing about guys you know like harrison bader next year and Stanton and uh aaron judge hopefully so um you know even just kind of looking at their post seasons as a whole and you know putting it into the context of their entire careers you know, I think it's all a worthwhile exercise. The Wandy Peralta stories right next year. I mean, the division series is going to be a massive part of that. And look, Wandy ain't done. I'm sure Wandy's going to pitch tonight. I'm, I'm guessing he's going to pitch game three and four and five and six and seven and game one, two, four, three, four, five, six, seven of the World Series too, because that's just how he wants to go. <laughs> but all, all, all this stuff is, you know, part of the historical record. It is just strange that after that game last night, it's just like, well, I guess I'm probably not going to write too much about this game. There's not that much to say about this. I think we've spent 20 minutes talking about it, just you and I right here. And that might be more than most Yankees fans want to listen to. So we, we, we apologize for that. I guess we could talk about the political situation right now in England because that's a doozy. Um, Nate, anything to offer on that? Uh, no. All right, so let's just go back to the Yankees then. <laughs> Nate, obviously, you were with the team in Cleveland. I, I'm with the team here. And, and it's just been – we both have really great wives. Um, I think we need to point that out right now for, for all of our listeners. It, it, it's, again, this is the good time. No one uh, should feel sorry for us. But you should feel sorry for our wives because you and I have just been kind of – well, who knows where we're going to be. You know, Obviously, when they had that Monday night rainout situation, I had a bag packed ready to possibly go to Houston – that bag did not come out of my car when I got home that night. It stayed in there. And then sure enough, the game against Cleveland ends. And within an hour and a half, I'm on a bus to an airport, never having been told which airport we were going to. And I, I'm texting my wife saying, I'm, yeah, I'm going somewhere. I don't, I don't know what airport we're going to right now. I don't know what airport we're flying to right now. Um, but it, it, it is a very funny and fun way to travel. And it's disorienting because I'm a very type a person especially when it comes to travel and i'm the person who has the printed itinerary with all the information and now we're just kind of seated your pants but you know that's that's the postseason that's the life and i kind of made a comment about it to our photographer 
Arielle Goldman Hecht, who does this much more often. And she just kind of laughed at me and just said, that's the postseason. And it's so true. But it's just, again, you know, we can stop talking about this part. It, it, it was a 4-2 loss last night. It wasn't awesome. But postseason baseball is just so great, Nate. It has its challenges, but it's certainly uh, a lot of fun. And, you know, this is what we play for. And, you know, when I was getting ready for game one of the postseason at Yankee Stadium against Cleveland, I was just thinking, you know, how just fortunate we are to be watching October baseball as often as we do. I mean, there are, you know, you can look around the majors and there's hard to find franchises for whom, you know, October baseball is a rare treat. Um, And, you know, we get to experience this every year. We've seen these guys since mid-February down in Tampa for spring training, and we've watched them evolve. We've watched guys come and go. We've got watched guys like Oswaldo Cabrera get called up in August. And now, you know, he's a, a big part of this team. Um, there's just every year is, is filled with storylines and uh, they all lead to October. And it's just, uh, it, it's such a, a privilege and a treat to be able to, to experience this pretty much every season. I couldn't say it better, Nate. It is a privilege to be bummed after game one of the American league championship series. It just is. It is a privilege to, be angry at Houston fans uh, and Houston players and Houston as a city or I don't know, whatever you want to do, but mm-hmm. it, it just, it's so Yankees fans are very lucky. And I know Yankees fans don't like hearing that. And I know that doesn't feel like it when you're not happy with the team, but again, put yourself in the guardian shoes after game one, put yourself in guardians fan shoes after game one and then go, whatever it was until game three was played something like three and a half or four weeks later, they felt very different. Now, I don't know. I, I can't make any promises. Yankees fans. I can't make any promises. Yankees magazine listeners. It's just, I don't want to say this doesn't mean anything, but it doesn't mean anything yet. It might mean something, but it doesn't mean anything yet. There's a lot of time and the Yankees have really good players and they have a great pitcher throwing tonight in Severino. They have a great pitcher throwing in game three and Garrett Cole great pitcher throw in a game four and i mean it, it, again i don't i don't need to pump you up too much it's just like whatever the, the result's going to be what the result's going to be but nothing is over here maybe if this were the big lebowski i'd say that in a slightly different way it, it's just it's not over there, there's a, there's nothing one team was going to win and one team was going to lose last night that was just going to happen that didn't mean that the other team was going to you know pack its bags and say well yeah that's enough no there's it's a seven game series and so nate it's, I look forward to being back with you in person on Saturday and enjoying it together. And to our listeners here right now, I enjoy the fact that as long as this postseason goes, you get to hear from us weekly for better or for worse. But, uh, you know, hope, hopefully we still got a few more weeks of that. Yeah, uh, should be an awesome weekend at Yankee Stadium. I've gotten some uh, tickets for family, and uh, I know a lot of you know people are very excited to be traveling to the Bronx, packing the house. Uh, the crowds have been amazing so far, as as they always are in October. And uh, it's only going to ratchet up when the uh, rival Astros roll into town. So looking forward to seeing you back home, John, and uh, looking forward to uh, talking about everything that goes down on uh, next week's episode of the Yankees Magazine podcast. Well, and hopefully we are discussing that uh, in a happier mood and in happier times. But, Nate, it's great talking to you as always. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us. Thank you for listening. And I hope uh, you enjoy the Yankees Magazine podcast. I hope that you will subscribe. I hope you will rate and review us. We 
are so thirsty for your support and uh, we hope we earn it but uh, even if we don't just support us anyhow you can listen to us at the podcast app of your choice or by going to yankees.com slash podcast we also have all of our long form content online we'll get back to talking about those a little more when there's less pressing matters but go to yankees.com slash magazine where you can read that of course at yankees.com slash publications you can buy subscriptions you can buy back issues Whenever the season does end, we usually, pretty soon after that, start launching some holiday packages that are always really great deals that come with tickets and things like that. And I highly recommend you uh, keep checking out that stuff at yankees.com slash publications or by calling 800-GO-YANKS. And certainly the best way to find out what we're doing is also by following us on Twitter at Yanks Magazine or on Facebook at Yankees Magazine. Lastly, of course, tell us how you feel about things. Of course, tell us why you think we're wrong to still be optimistic or why you think we're right to still be optimistic or why you think that one of us should be the next prime minister of england uh, we're, we're ready to hear all of it podcast at yankees.com let us know what you think nate great talking to you see you in a couple days the rest of you thanks for listening have a great day and go yanks hey this is john carlos Tan. if you like what you're hearing why don't you rate and review us while you're at it tell your friends to subscribe thanks so much and go yankees okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.